Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 747, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. Let's read the passage. Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst, the wine spills out, and the skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this account of the ministry of Jesus to convince people to follow Jesus. He's writing primarily to a Jewish audience, but it's applicable to anyone who will listen and see that Jesus is one to be followed. He's presenting the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. He gave us the Sermon on the Mount to highlight the teaching ministry. And now he's going through the healing ministry, the series of nine miracles put into three groups of three. We had the first group with the healing of the leper, the centurion servant, and Peter's mother-in-law. And we had a little interlude where he dealt with the cost of discipleship. And we had the second group of miracles, calming the storm, casting out the demons, and healing the paralytic. Now we're in this second interlude We just had the calling of Matthew, where Jesus was hanging out with the tax collectors and sinners, and the Pharisees were criticizing what he was doing. Now we're in this same interlude, but the second part of it, and we're dealing with John the Baptist's disciples. Verse 14 of chapter 9, Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? So John's disciples, he was referring to John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist was proclaiming the coming of the one of God and baptizing people, pointing out their sin and demanding that they repent of their sins. And John had followers. Now, in the Gospel of John, we see some of Jesus' first followers initially were disciples of John. And John the Baptist pointed out Jesus to them, and they began to follow Jesus. Matthew didn't address that, but we did see John the Baptist. And in fact, in Matthew 4, 12, Matthew mentions that John had been arrested. Well, we see followers of John the Baptist still after there. I mean, right now, here we see John's disciples. They're still disciples of John the Baptist. Even though John's been arrested, there's still a John the Baptist group running around following John the Baptist. And we'll see it later in Acts. Chapter 18, verse 25, when Apollos comes to Ephesus and encounters Priscilla and Aquila, all he knows is the baptism of John. Later in Acts 19.3, Paul arrives in Ephesus and he encounters this group of Jews who only knew John's baptism. So there will continue to be a movement of people following John. And in fact, later on, it will become a whole move distinct from Christianity where people remain followers of John but reject Jesus. So here John's disciples come 
and want to know from Jesus what's with the fasting with your guys. Because he says, we, the disciples of John, and the Pharisees fast often. Now we see in Luke 18.12, it's mentioned that the Pharisees fast twice a week. And that's part of their desire to be religiously faithful to the Old Testament, to follow the law, to do what they think is pleasing to God. And they believe the best way to please God is by following all the rules. And so they fast twice a week. Now we're not told how often John the Baptist's disciples fast, but the fact that it's mentioned along with the Pharisees wouldn't surprise me if they also fasted twice a week. Now, John the Baptist was an odd guy. He is presented as living in the wilderness, eating honey and locusts, and living a very austere lifestyle, and it's assumed that his followers did so also. And he probably taught them a lot of things. Specifically, in, in Luke 11, Jesus' disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. So we know that John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray, and he taught them pray differently than what they had all been taught growing up, a deeper level of prayer. And Jesus' disciples wanted that also. So he probably taught them also to fast often. And so now here you have Jesus, the one that John the Baptist had been pointing to, and his disciples don't seem to fast at all. They want to know, why? Why don't your disciples fast? Verse 15, Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Well, the point here is that the time of the wedding feast, the time of the wedding is a time for celebrating, not a time for fasting. And so Jesus is presenting himself here as the bridegroom. And his disciples are the guests at the wedding feast. And they say, this is not time for fasting. This is a time for celebrating because he is with them. But there'll come a time where he's not with them. Then there'll be a time for fasting. Now, interestingly, in the Old Testament, often we see God presented as the bridegroom and the people of God as the bride. And sometimes in Jewish literature, this discuss in the discussion of the wedding feast is when the Messiah comes. And when John the Baptist was pointing out Jesus in the Gospel of John 3.29, John the Baptist said that Jesus was the bridegroom and John the Baptist was the best man. So there's some Old Testament imagery going on here, but also just the, the straight meaning of this is a time for celebration, not a time for fasting. It goes on in verse 16. It says, No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. Okay, the idea here is you have clothing that's been worn. It's shrunk. And if it has a tear, you're going to put a patch on it. Well, if that patch is new cloth and then you wash it again and the patch shrinks, it's going to make the tear worse. So you put a previously shrunk cloth as a patch on clothes that have already shrunk. 
And then he uses a similar metaphor in verse 17. And that one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst. The wine spills out. The skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. Okay, a wineskin is made from animal skin. And it's sewed together and makes a little pouch. And it's got a bit of flexibility to it. And when you take new wine and put it in this wineskin, the wine has already fermented some, but it's going to continue to ferment a little bit and expand. And so the wineskin must expand with the expanding wine. However, if you take an old wineskin, it's dried out more and becomes much more brittle. And so if you put new wine in it, the wine will expand because of the continued fermentation, but the wineskin can't expand, and it tears, and you lose the new wine. So you have new wine that's expanding because of fermentation. You put it into a new wineskin that will expand with it. And he says, and both are preserved, new, the new wine and the new wineskin. Now, both these are tell the same story. He's making the point of the incompatibility of the new age with the old age. What the meaning basically is that Christianity isn't just a tack-on to Judaism. Christianity is not a new twist on Judaism. It's something new altogether. So it's not a patch you're sticking on to Judaism is not the new wine into the old wineskin of Judaism. Following Christ is a whole new thing. Where he dealt with Jesus being challenged about the Old Testament and the law, and he said it's still valid. He's come to fulfill the Old Testament. He's come to fulfill the law. But he also explains how we should approach it. So the Old Testament revealed things about God. To properly understand that, we need to understand that through the lens of Jesus Christ. And so, following Christ isn't just a new twist on the old way of doing things. It's something new entirely. What's that have to do with fasting? Well, it all works together in that the desire to be righteous by doing righteous things, that's the old way of thinking. And so, you're not made righteous by fasting twice a week. Now, he's not saying they no longer fast, because he says they will fast again. But fasting, as he addressed earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, is about connecting with God, not acting religious. And so Christianity is a whole new way of thinking, and we, and we can't try and just tack it on to the old way of thinking. This is the end of interlude number two. Next, we'll shift back into the miracles and see the third group of three miracles. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.